Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the show, the RR Show, the best show on the internet. I'm Andy, and today I am taking you on a nice stroll through r slash malicious compliance. we got a banger for you today, so buckle up. It's posted by user Breakup2013. Update. Short me $70,000 in violation of our written agreement? Ha! <laughs> It'll cost you $1.8 million. Tonight, only on Disney Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com podcast. Background. A year out of school in the early 1990s, I procured a job as a business analyst for a large, family-owned tech company. This business was located in the booming heart of technology at the time and was very profitable. As tech took off over the next decade, the company thrived and remained family-owned. What was a rich family and company became exceedingly wealthy, with a valuation and net worth in the high 9 and low 10 figures. The family that owned it was quite neurotic, very moody, and had a reputation as very ruthless and greedy when it came to financing, deal-making, employees, etc. I truly believe this is what held them back from ultimately becoming a household name as a company. As I progressed in the company, I gained more and more face time with the owners. I worked on some projects directly with ownership that really paid off and gained me even greater access to their inner circle. Now, like a lot of people at the time, and particularly those who work in tech, I was heavily invested in tech stocks. I discussed some of my investments and gains with ownership as casual conversation, though investing had nothing to do with my role in the company. That is until one day in late 1999 when the owner came to me and asked me, if I would invest some of his personal money. He wanted me to take big risks to see if they would pay off using $1 million of his personal money. I was a little bit hesitant, but still being in my late 20s and wanting to prove myself, I said I would. I asked for a written agreement where they acknowledged this wasn't my role in the company, was a personal matter between the owner and me, and to document my compensation for this side arrangement, which was 20% of all profits. Around this same time, and by working in the industry, I started to notice the weakness associated with a lot of tech companies. They just weren't living up to their hype and stock price, and some seemed like they were starting to run out of money. I had no inside information, just a strong sense of which companies were struggling based on my work in the business. Based on this sense, I started using both my money and the owner's money to short tech companies just after the new year in 2000. 
For any unfamiliar with shorting, it means if the value of the stock decreases, the value of the investment increases. I had a few long positions, but my overall position was very short. Since the owner wanted to take big risk and big reward, I used his money and obtained leverage or margin from the financial institution where I maintained both his and my trading accounts. The accounts were separate but both under my name. Again, I documented this and gained consent. Well, both my accounts and his suffered some moderate losses in the first two months of 2000. Before the bubble began to burst and both accounts, but his in particular, began to skyrocket. Ownership Pettiness In June, the company began to suffer a downturn. We were still profitable, but since we provided tech services and products, we were not immune to weakness in the broader market. I had not informed the owner of my short strategy. He came to me one day and asked how his money was doing, saying he suspected it was way down like the general market. To his surprise, I informed him that while we still had some money tied up in options, puts and shorts, but based on the position I had closed, there was 1.35 million in cash sitting in the account that belonged to him. Again, I still had a bunch of open positions which, if memory serves, were worth about a million on that date, but the positions I had closed had yielded 1.35 million in cash which was just sitting in his account, which was in my name. The owner, either through ignorance or lack of attention, said, Great, 1.35 million. Fantastic work in this down market. Will you please wire it to me? I responded that I would, but would be taking my 20% of the $350,000 profit, or $70,000, before wiring him the remaining $280,000. I also reminded him I still had open positions that had yet to pay off or close, but I didn't state the amount. He once again appeared not to understand or comprehend the open position statement, but instead totally focused on and became incensed about my rightful claim to $70,000. He went on and on about how times were rough, I should be grateful for a job, particularly at my young age, and the entire $350,000 was necessary for him and the company. I knew this wasn't true based on my position within the company. Worse, this was my first time personally experiencing the greedy and corrupt nature that served as the basis for ownership's reputation. The Revenge Now comes the revenge. Since after two separate conversations the owner didn't seem to grasp that the open positions would yield at least some income and thus additional profit, I decided not to mention it again. I sent him back the entire 1.35 million and continued to manage the open positions to the best of my ability. And here's the kicker, the owner never brought it up again. He seemed to think the 1.35 million payment was the entire value of the account and never understood or remembered that the open positions still existed. He never asked for records, tax documents or any type of audit or financials. Given the fact that he was dishonest with me, I just didn't feel the need to disabuse him of that notion. Ultimately, after a bit more net gain, I covered all of the shorts and exercised all of the options, puts in this case, for an additional 1.8 million. I worked for the company for three more years and the owner never asked about it during my tenure, after I gave notice or since. I know this is a bit crass and even shady as fuck, but given his dishonesty with me over the $70,000, I felt justified in keeping the additional 1.8 million. 
I paid taxes on the gain, long-term cap gain, and went on my way with a fantastic nest egg. Nobody has asked about it since, and I have only told the story to a few people. And even then, only after the statute of limitations has passed. The final ironic cherry on top of this Sunday is that during my remaining three years, I gained greater influence with ownership in positions within the company because they considered me loyal for giving the $1.35 million back and not making too much of a stink about the $70,000 profit. Little did they know, I got the better of them. The company eventually folded due to family disputes, but my understanding is that ownership walked away with a very good financial position. They likely could have been a much better and greater company had they not practiced the same dishonesty that they showed me with their vendors, clients, and employees. Thanks for reading. Hope you enjoyed. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. True terrors of horror, bizarre happenings, unexplainable events. On our podcast, Disturbed, Terror Takes Center Stage. Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence, delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs, and the very essence of your worst nightmares coming to life on this weekly true horror show. Disturbed is not for the faint of heart. It's an exploration of real, unadulterated horror sourced from everyday people. Each episode is a descent into the macabre, where we narrate stories that will leave you on the edge of your seat and crawling in your skin. We navigate the disturbing narratives that lurk in the shadows, offering a raw and unfiltered listen into the most terrifying aspects of the human experience. Enter at your own risk and let the unsettling tales unfold in the haunting realm of Disturbed. And remember, listeners, stay safe out there.